you know, you said you wanted to get straight into it today. So I think we should get straight into it and have a chat. So we, we're here to talk about AI. We're here to talk about um, maybe the, the pros and cons, the dangers, the benefits of AI to society. Um, you know, we, we mentioned it in our last podcast. And I think, I think you realized it was a fun and important topic to talk about, right? So we, we are here uh, maybe to share some ideas and extrapolate uh, in, a, in a new and changing, brave new world. But um, yeah, I did a little bit of research as well. Not a great deal. Uh, I'm going to say that AI is a positive thing and probably take that stance. And uh, you mentioned that you might uh, take the stand of that, you know, maybe we need to be careful of the dangers of AI, right? Um, all right, well, let's let's get into this, bro. What do you think about AI and, and what's got you concerned? Maybe we can start with that. Well, you know, I'll start by saying it's quite a fascinating technology. Obviously, there's a lot um, being uh, a lot of rave, a lot of talk about it. Um, it's a very big deal in society, obviously, right now. Um, and well, I'll say that I've seen pretty interesting stuff. You know, um, I'll start with some positives. You know, um, one of my friends had an interview or was uh, sorry, applying for a job. And he got an interview and they wanted a mock lesson plan. And they just said, build a lesson for this poem. And they just sent him the poem. And he was like, holy shit. And he didn't really know what to do. And he, he asked me, like, what could I do? You know, and I was like, well, you know, you, and, and I went into it. And I talked started talking about like literary devices, poetic devices, meter rhythm, you know, allegory, for a metaphor, all these things. And having them write it, read it, um, look for imagery. And while I was telling him all these things, he's typing on his computer. And I thought he was taking notes from what I was saying. But he was actually searching chat GTP, GPT, um, asking it and, uh, and continuing to ask it questions to form a lesson plan based on this poem. And man, what he showed me, like, then I realized what he was doing. And I was like, what? And he's like, check this out. And it was mind blowing um, what lesson. It was so amazing. I was just like, holy cow, this is amazing technology. It's gave everybody so much time. Teachers, you know, if you get writer's block, you can just, you know, type into chat GPT and tailor it. And you, at least it generates a lot of ideas. And so that was super fascinating to me. Um, you know, there is a lot of problems that are going on with it, you know, like as teachers, you know, that I don't know about your school, um, but I think schools in general, especially like public schools, you know, that aren't as, um, I guess, high quality of education, you know, um, just average school. I feel like actually we know it's being used to cheat. Um, people are having their essays written for them. Um, and stuff like this. And one of my biggest concerns early on before I started really getting into AI and trying to like understand what's happening around us um, was this, this idea that people are not being, being forced to create on their own as much if, if they choose to use chat GPT. I mean, they say flawless, right? You know, grammatically, um, it's just an amazing technology that's so accurate. And the problem with that is for me is that it's just dumbing down another techno technology, you know, another technology that's just dumbing down the human race. Now we could argue the opposite and say, well, actually 
things will enhance like that lesson plan like that lesson plan man is a great example of how i was blown away and i was like oh my god you can really actually learn from ai like you can learn you know if and um so yeah it's just this idea that again it's just another dumbing down technology it's making people more and more dependent on technology so that's kind of where i'm at and then i started doing a lot of research um but um yeah so what about you like are you, you primarily uh, like you see the benefits right like what are some of the benefits that you see like i, I want to talk about the benefits first because all good technologies and drugs and th anything that people become dependent on obviously has benefits obviously or else they would have never started using it there has to be some sort of colorful spinning wheel something that releases serotonin or um dopamine gets you excited right to press that button um and so they're masters at that now the tech technological companies they're they're just absolutely masterful at creating addiction and i mean if you ask some of these guys uh like zuckerberg and um a lot of these social media giants they come straight out honestly look it up I'm not trying to put words in their mouth but they say yeah we're business of addiction to make people addicted we want them to use product because the more they use it the more money we make and i just as dangerous sorry i was asking you a question and then all of a sudden i went on a you know my own little rant again so please tell me well i guess we're going to talk about what chat gpt is and where we're at right so we're we're in yeah we're in like april 2023 chat gpt has been out for a couple months and it's kind of been embraced by as you said adults and students alike um, it's a pretty cool technology where it can do a multitude of different things, right? It can summarize articles. It can, it can, it can, it's brilliant at giving you facts and data and information. Like it's, it's brilliant at that. If you say, ah, oh, tell me the difference between a red blood cell and a white blood cell and explain it like I'm a 10 year old. It can do that fantastically, super clear, excellent explanations. It can use allegories and, and analogies and metaphors if you wanted to. It's amazing. Um, the, the, the bit that you mentioned too, it, which is, you know, I've noticed is that it can do creative stuff. So if you wanted to plan a lesson or if you wanted to analyze, a, well, let's go create first. If you wanted to create something, it can create a poem, an essay, a story, it can do all that. So I think that's really important to know. Um, it can also like going up Bloom's taxonomy, it can also analyze stuff. So if you, if you give it the poem, you know, it, it will be able to analyze and the, the poem very uh, you know, in a reasonably sophisticated fashion. What is it doing? Obviously, it's using a repository of information on the internet and somehow combining all that and making, it's kind of being able to make judgments. It's, it's able to make judgments and provide information. Where are we going with it? So ChatGPT, if we're just talking about that, I think, well, let me say this. If we are in a society where we don't, no longer need to write essays or letters or be able to analyze a poem because we have a technology to do it for us. The question is, will we lose the ability to be able to do that? And will it be replaced because we have some uh, like a piece of technology to do it just to be able to do it for us and do it quicker than we can and, and probably better than we can. Um, and maybe to take a step back too, we need to look at why do teachers teach writing essays? Right? Why is that an important skill? And this is why a lot of teachers are really 
I think terrified of it, terrified or very apprehensive or, you know, fearful of it. Teachers are very scared of, of chat GPT because it's able to um, basically replicate the, the essay writing experience. And when I asked my students, I said, why are we, why are we writing an essay? And they're like, oh, you know, to get a grade, to do this, to do that assignment. And it's like, no, an essay is designed to teach you how to think. An essay is designed for you to organize your ideas, to extrapolate extrapolate ideas, show you show your instructor what you're thinking and why you're thinking that. And it's it's an it's a place where you can organize uh, your critical thinking skills and and map that out in a way that's uh, strategic, logical, clear, and impactful to the reader. Um, will students lose that ability if they use ChatGPT? One hundred percent. Um, so I guess, I think the danger is of chat GPT and any other similar technology. I think there's Google Bard that's coming out and, um, you know, there's, there's more of them. There is a bunch of them already. I think the algorithms for, for these AI platforms are basically, uh, very transparent. One of the, one of the big dangers is we're going to students that either don't have access to good quality education or can't, or don't have the time or, um, the need, they won't develop those skills because they'll be completely dependent on a program to do it for them. And that's a really big shame as an English teacher to, to, to hear that. But I think there's a lot of other dangers as well. You know, what do you see in chat GPT or other AIs that it's, it's kind of, do you see it as a problem because it's it's going to be a tool like Facebook to make money and market and advertise and and people are going to spend lots of time on it? Um, what do you, where's your, how do you think that'll be used? Because I have a feeling you're kind of, you, you're sort of saying that it's going to be used as as a way of trapping people and manipulating people. How do you think it'll be used as a way to be capitalized and and make and just to be turn people into consumers? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I believe that eventually there will come, you know, the well. There's always been like political um, and right for for social media um we've seen a lot of terrible stuff happen over the last five years with social media uh, controlling the words that are out in the world manipulating human thought you know um but i don't know how chat gpt is going to do that right like right now because you don't see any advertisements no advertisements and like things like facebook and uh google are they are immense rich based on their business model, which is requires a third person to, and there's this private person that is funding um, what we seen um, on the stream, right? And so you no longer have this guy, Mark Zuckerberg, like I, you know, at one point I really didn't like the guy, but I'm like, well, he's just a normal guy who's, tr who's good at making money. He's product that all the bad stuff aside is actually um, attractive product. You know, it's just a great way to communicate with family members around the world, stay in touch, take photos, all that stuff. But the business model is hyper destructive because it's like if you're communicating with some a friend around the world, there's always someone mediating this conversation to an extent. Okay, like I, um, um, and yeah, just the um, the governments. Like I don't know if they paid, but they used like in the U.S. Like when they were trying so. Let's go before we get totally into ChatGPT. Let's Facebook and Twitter and all those um, who abandoned Donald Trump. Okay, so this is a, a sitting president of the United States. Um, 
and he was banned for social media, which if you think about it, the majority of people are no longer getting their news from television stations. Not to say those are any better anyways. Those have gotten pretty disgusting as well. But they're getting their news from that. And to, to not be able, no matter how stupid the leader of your country sounds, no matter how divisive the person may be, isn't it important that we listen to this so that we we can make that judgment on our own? Um, he was literally ripped off of these platforms, so his voice was silenced as, as a U.S. president. And I mean, this had huge impact on the election. Not only that, let's go back. So we have these people programming these algorithms in Facebook, and anything that was talking about, like, let's say, about the pandemic, everybody knows that, the um, COVID-19, anything that was ridiculing vaccines or talking about the origins of covid was just immediately red flagged people were put in all over i have so many are put in what they call facebook bill. i mean how stupid is that that we're actually talking about that shit? but yes um facebook jail because of something tweeted and it probably wasn't even like it wasn't like oh my god they're after us it was just kind of like where did uh, covid come from it sounds like it was man-made and then there's a red flag boom, boom. so it closed down discussion Right. And these are just algorithms blocking certain topics from even being talked about. And if people were repeat offenders, they were put in jail, right? Essentially on Facebook. So that's a huge concern of mine. And <clears throat> the point was, was that the government, they used the FBI and they used the bodies of law in the United States. That's basically pressure Zuckerberg and Percy. Um, name right jack dorsey of twitter uh to say that oh this is and they were stories like oh this is all russian different disinformation blah 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 and basically they were there every week so if you listen to the interviews with i mean the mark zuckerberg is talking with joe rogan right and he talks about how forceful they were and how present they were and they were like no you need anything down that's talking about this so my point is is like the government's not the programmer of the algorithm the government is not, but the government is hyper-powerful and, yes, can influence and intimidate huge corporations like this into doing what they want them to do for political gain. That is a major concern of mine. Back to your original question is I don't know how they're going to monetize it at the moment, um, but I believe it's the exact same thing. You have the interests of uh, – it's a very political thing because you have the interests of different groups of people being able to control – what is seen, what is heard, and what is said, okay? And I just find that very scary. But I could imagine that they could easily monetize this and sell it as a product, you know, um, incorporate it with current apps. Um, but that's a great question. I, I don't know at the moment how this will be monetized. So I think that's what your question was about, right? Like, Yeah, and I, I think you answered it, right? So that's, I think it will be incorporated with applications, <laughs> I think that it'll be incorporated or, or intertwined with with business models. Like I was reading today about lots of banks want to use it in the sense of automation uh, and even forecasting, you know, all sorts of mathematical problem solving skills. You can pay for it now. You can pay for unlimited versions of it so that you get, fa it's faster, It's uh, it produces more, it's, it's more detailed. There's other versions of ChatGPT. I think there's ChatGPT4 
uh, that's out or five. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I went into another platform, which was, I had a certain amount of words and then I had to pay uh, okay, and just completely shut down. Um, but I think the point that you raised before is, is a really good one. It's just like, well, what's the intention of these tech companies and how are they influencing the, the consciousness of the people? And as well as that, is that what gives them the right to say who should be censored and who shouldn't be censored? And you might say, oh, you know, it could be hate speech and whatever. It's like, oh, really pernicious, dangerous, um, vitriol that's that's inciting people in violence. But to censor a president, a president of the United States is pretty wild. And mm-hmm. to me, it feels very hypocritical that, you know, that he's censored, you know, because of he's saying things that are might be divisive or whatever but just to be able to do that i I don't think it's very constitutional i don't think it's i don't think it's wise you know then you start having a big brother patrolling what could be said and what can't be said apparently like the taliban are on twitter and i've always been on twitter no there's a lot of organizations that were never and have never been flagged that incite violence against dissenters all across and nobody ever shut them down there's all sorts yeah. of really dark shit. So you have to wonder, this was a symbol to the world to let us know that you can't be silenced if we don't like you. I mean, that's all it is, because no matter what your politics, Trump really wasn't as de- divisive as we're saying. It's just the whole media was against him. Um, but he does speak off the cuff. He He doesn't care about political correctness. He cares about getting the job done and just communicating what's on the line. And he, I just don't feel like he was divisive that much. You know, he said some stuff. He wanted to do the the ban on Asians uh, during the pandemic. And then the whole media called him a racist. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. But then weeks later, months later, or when the new administration got in, they did that. They shut down airports yeah, everywhere in the world. Yeah. So, oh, he's so divisive because he wants to shut down where the, where the, where this new virus actually originated and escaped from which we have hard evidence of that now um you know um he was right man and uh now they're all taking credit for it like right immediately afterwards they did exactly what they were calling him a racist for doing uh so you know it's just yeah and you said it's 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 very constitutional you're 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 almost right. It's actually not constitutional at all to people like that. Um, in especially in, in a, like in elections. I mean, what what is democracy? Does democracy even exist anymore? I'll tell you what. I don't really think so. I mean, it's an illusion, right? Um, and yes, let's say you can vote and your votes are counted, but let's just say there's only night and day, right, on planet Earth. But I sedate you, you can only experience day. You never, ever get to experience night. Do you believe in night? Does night exist? Of course it doesn't. No, there's no such thing as stars or moon. What are you talking about? There's only a big orange ball in the sky. The world is flat. That's what I'm talking about with this AI shit, dude. It literally is going to reshape the human's uh, mind and, and our condition, our experience. Uh, I get a little hyped up, so sometimes I don't really get to the point I'm trying to get to, and it's really early for me um, on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, man, do you see any problems with that? Like, 
who like who controls information we have access to yeah i don't like the fact that people get censored because you have a different point of view and you're right about that the covid stuff is a really good example of them and joe rogan copped a lot of flack you know he was he said a lot a lot of things that people didn't like whether it was ivermectin or they're talking about um the the shutdowns the lockdowns and saying that ineffective he had doctors on from all different you know all different sides and it's just it, if it doesn't meet the, the the mainstream narrative if it is shut down and it's it's kind of um condemned right it becomes yeah. very taboo condemned and it's it's used it, it, they try to kind of shame journalists it, we're living in a in a really strange world where that still happens but people have platforms and other platforms to to have a voice like like here for example but um you know, I think the president's a little bit different to Joe Rogan in the sense that, yeah, he's got a responsibility to be a role model, you know, where I think Joe Rogan doesn't, you know, he's he's just a freaking comedian um, giving his opinion on stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's he's an entertainer. He, he's just basically shooting the shit with people, having a, a conversation. And he's like, basically, I'm doing this for me and people want to follow, right? It's I don't think he has this inherent responsibility that he has to be a leader and a role model and back check everything. You know, people should know that, but unfortunately they don't. But I think with Trump, maybe in an extreme circumstance, if you have a president hate, like literally inciting violence and hatred, you know, then maybe, maybe they should be shut down. But I don't think Trump was doing that. You know, Trump was just being Trump. Right. And I don't think, you know, just because you say if you're crass or if you're, you're if you're direct and if you're politically uh, you know, if, if you're not politically correct, doesn't mean that you should get shut down because, you know, who's Twitter run by? Who was it run by at, at that at that time? Were they more Democrat than re Republican? Right, probably. And I think the whole thing with Elon Musk buying Twitter, he was, I think that's one of his, one of the things that he wanted to do was create an even playing field where people can basically say what they want. And, you know, they're not, they're, there's no uh, thought police or, there's there's no police trying to monitor what's socially acceptable or not it should be just a it's it's a mess anyway like why why do we want to why do we want to cancel or, or shut down or ban people that you don't agree with if you don't agree with that person then you know what do you do put tape over their mouths you know you just just don't listen to that person don't vote for that person i don't think it's that difficult yeah, i think that if i think that um, if Trump was really as divisive as they said he was, if he was really that bad that was in, he was inciting violence, wouldn't these platforms against him to allow him to continue to speak and then bring that shit into court, right? Like, you could use that to dismount this oppressive, dictatorial, you know... Tyrannical leader, yeah. ...is doing, like, like, killing people. You can use that against them. So it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense at all because, first of all, that never happened. Trump wasn't a radical. In fact, Thai people still today say they miss Trump, my wife, because everything was better in Asia. Well, I don't know about China, uh, definitely not China, but there was a lot of benefits around the world. So there are a few people that don't like him. Um, and in the U.S., there's a lot of people because the media dominates their thinking already. We don't even need AI. Uh, people do it already good enough just through normal. Um, but like I said, man, it doesn't make sense. You censor anyone and it's for po politics. 
Because if he was some guy saying really bad things, you could use this. You would want to hear him speak so you could build a bigger case for the Supreme Court, have him ousted from government, uh, you know, overthrown by the people. Amendment number two, right to bear arms. If the government gets out of control, it's our responsibility to overthrow it. Well, how are you going to overthrow it if you don't, if you can hear them? Oh, well, he's just an island guy in a big white house. We don't know anything about him anymore because he's balanced. Just let him sit there. You know, it just, I don't know, to me, it really makes sense. But that's, that was a different story, right? Like, so if we want to get back, I mean, unless you have something else to say on that particular topic, I was. Yeah, I, let's pull it back to the AI. I think it, I think it yeah. links in the sense that all of these platforms have an inherent uh, or innate bias. Um, you know, if you, if you Google certain people, it's going to, it's going to basically say it's going to take a certain bias or a certain angle based on some kind of political bias or or some kind of ideology that's embedded within the ideology embedded within the program i'm sorry so it's it's kind of the bias is always going to be there and i think it, it's the the danger of ai especially chat gpt is when it's kind of used as a propaganda tool or as a as a capitalistic marketing tool or as a um data collection tool you know you know chat is banned in italy they banned it and there's a couple other countries i think uh, they're going to follow that because uh miners can use it it, it basically it, it can get information about you without your permission uh and it and some of that information it was like four things and some of that information can be wrong so i i chat gbt myself and uh basically it said i wasn't famous enough to be recognized. <laughs> and then I was really disappointed. I'm like, yeah, but he's an English teacher. He's a famous podcaster. And it's like, oh yeah. And chat was like, yeah, I know, I know that Steven, he's got like 400,000 followers and he wrote these books. And I'm like, did I now? That's pretty funny. So that was complete bullshit. That didn't happen. So yeah, the Italians were like kind of pissed off about it because it, it can be, it can be, it can get your data and information and, and it can be wrong. Right. And it can be flat out wrong. And then if you don't tell it that it's wrong and there's no accountability. So, you know, that that's pretty wild when you think about it. So I think that the, the what I think we should be careful of is, you know, what is it doing with your data? What is it doing with with you? And how is it going to be used against you to make money? I think that's a real concern. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is it doing with your data? Um, earlier in the podcast, you said if one of these cool things about chat GPT is if you want to have it write a poem and say, I want to have the voice of a 10 year old girl, whatever 10 year old child, it can do it. And you're right. Just about three weeks ago in the United States, maybe less um, in the USA, a mother was um, called um, on her cell phone and it was kidnappers. Okay. Demanding a ransom for her daughter. Her daughter spoke on the phone saying, I am, and she was in distraught saying that she had been kidnapped and going to hurt her if the mother did not give them any money. It was her voice. The mother called the police, was frantic, going crazy. The neighbors were over and her daughter just walks in. Hey guys, what's going on? And they were like, oh my God, I'm safe. And her daughter's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm safe. Dude, it was, it was all chat gbt it's not just words and text our voices are being recorded and someone found a way 
to use it to hopefully make some money by scaring some poor mother into believing that her daughter was in great harm when that was not even real at all, but it was her voice. And also recently, just last week, uh, this I forget his name, but he's like the ghost, ghost face or something like that, um, created a song with Drake in the weekend, um, just a, a chat GPT, a hip hop song based on who are these guys? What do they usually talk about? Use this theme or whatever and their voices. And dude, you can listen to it online now. It's on Twitter. It's all over the place. And it sounds like them. It is them in a sense. It's not them. They didn't write that. It's not their music. They didn't sing it. Yet, you would never know the difference. And so these guys are like, what the hell? And so everybody in the music industry is starting to worry because what? You're going to replace all creativity? You know, now what? Is there ever going to be human music anymore? Is it all going to be AI music? So anyways, I just wanted to say that, yes, you can write in the voice of a 10-year-old girl or boy, it doesn't matter, but you can also use AI, you can use the voice of that girl, the actual voice of the girl, because everything we use is being recorded, right? Like right now we're on Zoom. I don't know much about you know who owns Zoom or what the influences are, whatever, uh, but we also use voice, right? We use WhatsApp, that's owned by Facebook. Um, and we send messages all the time. Those messages are still there. I can listen to you. Anybody can. And they can be used. Anyways, that's some dark stuff. Yeah, the data stuff's real. And then there's going to be lots of fraud and lots of issues that it's going to create. Uh, like maybe another thing is the, the fake news, fake photos being artificially generated by AI. That's going to be a real problem. Basically, I think that if you're a, if you're growing up in this era, I think you have to think you have to take the disposition that nothing you read, hear, or see is basically true. I think you have to think that it could all be fake uh, because you know there was a picture going around um, of Trump being arrested, you know, in handcuffs, and that was AI generated, right? So it's it's like they're saying that it can be used as well to create uh fake articles a lot of um, media can be written with with ai uh, you know it's it can be used to probably even generate bots i don't know or it would definitely just definitely perpetuate itself or or create fake articles i'm, I'm not sure exactly but i do know that there is a thousand different ways it can be used that will be harmful to humans Definitely. Yeah. I think that we can agree on that. And I think that kids kind of have to take the disposition that whatever they see on the internet, whatever they see on Facebook or social media, or whatever, basically assume that it's, you know, they've got to be super critical to say, you know, like, can I, can I, can I check this to see if it's real before I, before I, you know, start ranting about it. So yeah, it's, it is, I think maybe this is a transition phase in the sense that we're going into a, a new, a brave new world. And um, we're not equipped for it. We're not educated about it. So we're more likely to be um, scammed. We're more likely to be tricked and and robbed and manipulated by it. Um, maybe in the next, I don't know. What do you think? Do, do you think maybe in the next sort of 20 years, you know, your kids will grow up with with AI, you know, everywhere, whether it's kind of like it is the, is the, is the, is the norm, the social cultural norm. So they, they, maybe they'll be better at maneuvering it and, and being able to discern what's real and what's not. 
Well, that is very hopeful, Steve. And I hope that, you know, that you're right, but I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't want to go down that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you said that it could be used to be scammed, like people can be scammed, whatever. There's a lot of ways to use it. But remember, like, if people can't organize their thoughts, let's say that they are accused of something or whatever uh, the horrible situation may be. Uh, but by this time, they don't know how to develop arguments. They don't know how to uh, use irony to, to, to move people. They don't know how to write in their prison cell because they've been dependent on this thing that generates all this text. So now deer in the headlights once they get put into a position they can't fight their way out i mean you see like nelson mandela and all these like malcolm x and all these great um leaders chavez that were thrown into jail what did they do they wrote and they wrote and they wrote and then by the time they had a voice they'd written so much their thoughts organized they were so concise and so man convinced that the public rallied up and them out, fought for their freedom. But that's only because they had the skill of thinking, organizing their thoughts, pondering, and then persuading using those pathos, logos, persuasive techniques. If, and that's what the essay is for. Like you said, there's different ways, right? There's discursive essays, there's uh, satiricals, there's persuasives, there's so many. And this is just ways to help you organized thought if you organize your thought you can never defend yourself ever not in a court of law that's for sure can't even talk to your lawyer you don't even know what to say because you don't know how to say it you know so yeah man i know i'm on the high the negative negative i just okay uh yeah i know that i'm i but i do think people need to hear this that we discuss it the really, this is why a lot of people are scared. And I think part of the reason why Italy is uh, banning it. The prison cell could be a metaphorical prison cell, you know, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be an actual dirty jail cell, but yep. it could be as well. So their inability to defend themselves, to, to articulate their thoughts, to think deeply, because a lot of our deep thinking takes place through writing, right? Um, any of the great minds of the past, they didn't use voice recorders. They all wrote because there's something about writing. You're doing kinetic activities. Uh, you're doing, you're reading, right? You're thinking and you're writing and all this at the same time. And it takes time. And so, yeah, all great minds wrote every yeah. single one of them. So I think, rid of them. I agree, man. I think there's going to be a lot that's lost and it, it makes me very, very um, cautious and, Skeptical, I think, is the word. It's just really skeptical that a lot of people are going to lose those very basic fundamental skills of what makes us human. The idea of argument, the idea of persuasion, rhetoric, uh, being able to formulate and uh, ideas, simultaneous ideas. Uh, argumentation is so important for critical thinking because you have to be able to apply different ideas and then you're analyzing and then you're creating your own. And if, if all of that's kind of, being taken away from you, or you're just too lazy to do it, or you've you've had so, you have something that's going to do it for you, then then I think you will lose that skill. And I I think I 
I don't want to say I, I fear for the next generation, but I think the next generation has to be taught that they have a lot of traps and pitfalls that they can fall into. I, I think if we use this technology to enhance who we already are, like just how we were, you know, I'm 41 years old when the internet came, you know, I had to live the life without the internet. So it wasn't a huge deal, right? I can turn my phone off for a couple of days. It's, it's going to bug me, but I'm not going to die. Uh, you know, we've lived with the internet and we've lived without the internet. Some of these young people are going to grow up and they're going to, they're going to grow up in their whole lives and they're never going to experience a reality without the internet, without artificial intelligence. And I think they have to, uh, it would be wise to teach them that, um, they really need to be able to discern what's real and what's not, uh, and how to use it and not depend on it because, when I, if I need, if I need a quick letter to, if I need to write a letter, I'll put it through ChatGPT, see what it spits out. And I'll probably go, okay, maybe I'll take it. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll write my own. Right. Because, but I know how to do that. So not all young people can not even, if you ask a young person, adopt a formal tone in a letter, they won't even know what, it, they, they don't know what a tone, tone is unless they've been taught what tone is. Right. So they don't know how to do that. Whereas ChatGPT, you can say, adopt a, a colloquial tone, adopt a formal tone, a professional tone, adopt, uh, you know, adopt the tone of Elvis Presley and, and uh, mimic his style when you write this letter. You can do that. But if you can't generate it yourself and you haven't practiced and earned that skill yourself, then you're just going to be dependent on a tool to do that for you. And that's kind of really sad, man. I, I don't want to see that happen. But let me ask you this because... Uh, even though I have these fears, I am quite positive about AI. You know, what do you think of the statement that maybe that AI and then and and it's the natural progression of humanity to create all these tools for us to use them against ourselves, for us to hurt ourselves and kind of synthesize all this and, and basically come out with with something else. And it, it will change our society in, in the better, although we will go through the the crucible in achieving that. What do you think of that concept or idea? Uh, again, a very hopeful <laughs> through the darkness. It's not like the the phoenix rising again after the the the, the burn, right? Um, I'm you know more of a guy that thinks the moment you know today is the most important. You know, like I don't want to think too far down in history and like, I mean, what are we trying to do? Play God? Like, you know, you, you, you're saying that or what that statement that you read or you said was um, that we might have to go through these things uh, to make ourselves stronger, right? To, to, it's like a sickness. It's like getting sick and then coming out on the other end uh, with immunity, right? Uh, I don't really, I don't, I don't think I really buy it, dude. <laughs> okay. Uh, not, I just, that's too, it's just too timeless, right? Like there's, it's not concrete. It's too abstract at the moment. Like I, I can't see how we would come out stronger when we've lost all the skills that took us thousands of years to develop. And then we just absolutely erase it and bring it back to zero where we're all just like cavemen practically because we can't do anything. And then, then what? We're going to come out super strong after that? No, I don't know, man. I, just... I, I think we're going to evolve. I think it's... I think it's the natural progression of humanity that we're going to intertwine and morph with AI. 
I think that it's going to be used in everything, man, like medicine, imagine diagnostics and creating cures for cancer and, you know, figuring how to cure blindness. And they're already doing some of this stuff where they're, you know, Elon Musk is inserting chips into people's brains and they're, they're trying to, they've kind of uh, curing epilepsy and, and from everything from that to anti-age aging pills, you know, to, I don't know. I I feel like it's going to get wild, man. I think in a hundred years we'll have cyborgs, we'll have, AI, we have robots everywhere. Bro, the, the New York police have just released again uh, from Boston Robotics. They've released a police, a mechanical robotic police dog. You know, it's cameras all around and, and it can go in and, and into into buildings. It went in to, a, I think it was a, a car park that had fallen in on itself. It just caved in and crashed. And they sent the dog out to see whether anyone was still alive in the in the cars. You know, like what's going to stop people from, you know, then having robotic arms or, you know, inserting chips into our brains. I, I think it's, bro, I think it's all happening, man. And, and uh, I don't, I don't see there's any way around it. I don't know if it's going to be like Skynet and the Terminator and we're taking over. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I don't think we, sh we should have this fear of AI taking over, but I think we're going to morph into it. And, you know, People say that the 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 fear of AI is that it becomes sentient and it starts like I don't know if you've read those articles about this dude that was on one of the AI chats. I can't remember which one. I think it was Bing. I think it was Bing, and he ended up having this full huge conversation with it, and he was trying to trick it. And then the the AI program was responding and becoming really emotional and is telling him that his wife didn't love him and that he should leave his wife and uh, that that um. He was living a lie basically. And it, this, this is recorded and I'm not making this up. This is recorded. Uh, there's articles about it. It was basically like uh, the AI got really upset and defiant when he was talking about, like he was throwing questions at it to try to deliberately perturb uh, it, it's, it's emotional state, right? He was like attacking it saying that, you know, how does it feel that it was just a machine and, you know, just questions of that nature. And uh it didn't react very well. Like it, it reacted like a child. Right. And they, I think, you know, I think it's kind of been blown over and the people have made changes to the algorithms, but you know, there is, there is another fear too, that it's going to be sentient. And if it becomes aware of itself, then why would it not try to protect itself? Right. Um, which is wild, but I don't know. It's just like, what's going to stop it from just becoming like a virus and just hacking into trying to hack into into different programs and take control because it can you know that elon musk is like they say he's one of the smartest dudes ever most influential dudes on the planet right now he has great understanding of of lots of different things i'm not saying we should idolize him but he's great as <laughs> you know when he spoke to the president of the united states i think it was obama you know barack obama he he was warning them about the dangers of ai and now i think he's on board and i think he has shares in in chat GTP. But um he's I think he's his ideology is that AI has the capacity to destroy us. Oh yeah. No, he was recently on uh interviewed by Tucker Carlson, who's a well, Fox News. Um what do you call it? Anchor. He's not an anchor, but he's a my news presenter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was on he was on uh in an interview with him just last week or this week just this week it was just a, several days ago and saying that it has the potential to bring down civilization to destroy civilization um and 
he said it's a serious threat and it's a danger. And that that is why he is now moving towards creating uh, AI truth. So this is really interesting that, that, you know, it's just kind of a strange name. Uh, I won't go into that side. Like an oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense. But he wants to develop his own AI because he sees that he says that it is biased. He says that it's actually absolutely skewed. Um, And so, yes, he laughed because Tucker Carlson asked him, um, but 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 didn't you actually help develop AI? And he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, I did. I helped fund it and I helped develop it. And now it's getting away from me. And he's like, um, and now I have fear for humanity, for civilization. And he wants to put a pause. He said, let's stop for six months. So that's like a quote from Elon Musk. We need to put this on the back burner for six months and really analyze what's going on. Stop the development of it. Um, and he wants to create his own AI that is, again, like he tried to do with Twitter, an evil playing field. So all voices are heard. Right. Um, and I think that's really important. You know, I looked up um, really quick. First of all, the big, you know, Silicon Valley and the big tech companies in the West are hyper liberal. They're very liberal and democratic. I mean, Gates and they they all fund one party from Google, Facebook, well, before Twitter, not anymore, but with Jack Dorsey, yeah, all they sent hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. It is, I mean, the people programming these algorithms, I mean, that's the serious issue, right? Like who's doing the programming? Who's getting those jobs? Are they like nonpartisan, uh, you know, people with good intentions for all of humanity? No, they're not. They're highly opinionated people. And, you know, I asked chat GPT, who is uh, Joe Biden? And it says that he's an American politician who's currently serving as the 46th president of the United States. He took office this time, succeeding Donald Trump. Prior to his presidency, he served as the vice president for eight years and also was a senator for 36 years. He is a member of the Democratic Party and has been involved for politics for 50 years. Now, you put in Donald Trump. Notice there is no po- like positive or negative, really. I mean, the years of service sounds pretty good, right? But then you put in Donald Trump, and it goes, he's a former businessman, television personality. See, we're already moving him away from what we consider to be a serious person, right? Uh Businessmen, right, are usually corrupt, supposedly. Television, they're all actors. Um, And then he was a politician. He was born in Queens. And he's best known for his career. He's best known for his career in real estate development um, when he took over his father's company. He became prominent, blah, blah, blah. Now, there's a whole extra paragraph in ChatGPT. So Biden's was one succinct little paragraph about who Joe Biden was. And it's just his career, basically. The second paragraph for Donald Trump is talking about his running for president, right? And he won the election over Hillary Clinton. He was the fourth, fifth president of the United States. His presidency was marked by controversy and polarization with some of his policies and statements being widely criticized by many people in the United States and around the world. I mean, I'm sorry, dude, that is not fair. That is not fair. First of all, Joe Biden is the most controversial president we've ever had in the United States history. Uh, He has opened the borders. He got 
uh, pulled out of Afghanistan and got 13 military uh, service members killed and then a ton of other people killed. I mean, people were falling off airplanes. He did it so unprofessionally. Then you have his back deals with China and Russia. I mean, I mean, this is all becoming known. They've been covering it up for since the election, but now they can't hide. It's just, it's all coming out. Like even the left-wing media is having to face this finally. My point is, I mean, if you saw the State of the Union, I, I sent that to you, right? The State of the Union, where he was so divisive saying that the enemy is amongst us. He was calling 50% of Americans terrorists, the enemy. I mean, that is fucked up just because they're conservative, because they're Christians and they believe in pro-life. They believe in family values and following God instead of old white politicians. I mean, that he is so divisive, bro. You just... But they don't talk about it, right? And then they paint Donald Trump, probably one of the greatest presidents, if you think of how the United States did under his uh, reign and the world at large. Uh, like I said, people like him around the world because everything was better financially. And I'm sorry, man, like money is a big deal. The cost of your energy and your food is a huge deal. Look at food prices are higher than they've been ever. Gas prices higher than ever. I mean, this is all intentional and it's so anyways, sorry, another, you know, I'm pretty emotional about this kind of stuff, but it's unfair. It is unfair. You just saw that AI chat GPT treated Joe Biden like just this leader of the country currently. And this is what he did. And he has 50 years of service and yeah. And then they say, Donald Trump, yeah, he's controversial. He's, uh, you know, been criticized by people all over the world, you know, only globalists. Those are the only ones that criticize him because Donald Trump wants autonomy. He wants the United States first because that's his country. Who wouldn't want their house? Who wouldn't clean their own house first before helping their neighbor clean their house? I mean, that would be stupid if you help your neighbor clean your house and you let your house go to shit. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but anyways, man, that's the problem with it. Who is programming this stuff? Well, it is one-sided. It is a one-sided uh, ordeal of um algorithm development man and it's it's unfortunate it really is yeah and it's subtle as well before i talk about that i want to just read a couple of quotes from elon musk about ai he says ai is the fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization in a way that car accidents airplane crashes faculty faculty drugs or bad food would not they were harmful to a set of individuals in society of course but they were not harmful to a society as a whole. He says, AI will be the best or worst thing ever for humanity. This is my favorite. Mark my words. AI is far more dangerous than nukes. Yeah. yeah. And he said all that on Tucker Carlson also. Like, yeah, I didn't want to go. I didn't, couldn't recall everything, but I watched the interview and I was just shocked, you know, and I, you know, extremely if cynical. Well, he is, but he's also hilarious. He's got a great sense of humor. He was like, on that same talk show, he's like, well, yeah, you know, and he's like, well, should people take you seriously, Elon? He's like, well, yeah, I bought Twitter for $44 million and now it's worth 20, or $44 billion and now it's worth $22 billion. I'm a great businessman. That's what he said. He's so hilarious and he's dark humor, but he is cynical. And uh, I feel like I have that in common with him because I've been, you know, I'm extremely cynical when it comes to social media and I have, I, I don't have social media. I've gotten rid of it at all because I want all of us to go back to the way it used to be. And that sounds weird. Like 
I don't want to, if they could change it, like if, if you could pay $10 a month and have like a Facebook style thing where there's no third parties outside, there's no algorithms being generated, uh, you know, to create addiction, you know, to create this loop uh, that's monitoring you and then readjusting to reel you in tighter. I would totally support it. I would be on social media. I would, but I know that's not the case. It is definitely not the case. It is highly dictated by people from one side that oppose and want to eliminate the other side. I mean, dude, there's two sides to this coin that I'm talking about. Obviously there's everything in between as well, uh, like independents and moderates, but no, this is a one-sided ordeal. And it's, I mean, everybody has social media, right? Like it is cheaper to buy a phone with that is preloaded with Facebook, YouTube, and Google. Retailers buy those phones. They don't buy Blake phones. This is why I like Apple so much now, right? Like I'm starting, I want to go back to Apple. Hopefully they stay the way they are, um, but they don't do that. They're expensive, but there's a reason for that because they're not doing inside deals in, with other people, right? But one of the problems with uh, the Myanmar um, coup and uh, genocide that was going on is that a lot of these people, right, during the pandemic, like everybody had to get a phone, right? Yet entertainment was all we had uh, in our hand. And uh, all these phones are preloaded with Facebook, right? And so if you don't have a Facebook account, they'll set one up for you right there at the shop, you know? And this is why the shop makes money is because they get all these products super discounted if they push this product. And so they do. And so people didn't even really know, like, you know, first time cell phone users, there's a lot going on in the cell phone, man. It's hard to navigate that shit, but they were taught immediately how to use Facebook. And that's became their go-to because it is a highly attractive app. If you think about it, there's pictures, there's news, there's videos, you can customize, you can add your stuff. It's so amazing. Yeah. But then it was used uh, to incite violence and you know, kill is Muslims, right? Like, um, I, I shouldn't, I'm saying that really, uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm saying it as if it was all intentional um, and designed, and I'm not going to say it was or it wasn't, but the fact is, was, is that it's pushed on people and not just in one way, but in multiple forms, multiple ways, right? Discounted cell phone products, you know, the Android, right? Is, you know, that's Google owned and then always pre-stocked uh, or, you know, um, with all these, well, left-wing media uh, devices or, you know, thought companies or whatever they are. Um, and so yep. I just thought that yep. was... That's a little bit strange, but I do think like, I do want to, I mean, yeah, Elon Musk is a, I think he's a genius, but I do think you need to be cynical in this day and age. I mean, and I, but you have to like check your cynicism, right? You can't allow yourself to be completely eaten by it. And then what go do something radical because you, you're so cynical. No, but cynicism is a form of survival. It is a way, you know, it is just like, yeah. Fear. It is just like pain. These are indicators to the human mind that danger is present. Right. And I believe cynicism is just one of those things. It's just a form of fear, an analysis of fear. Um, so I think it's okay to be cynical. And I think in today's world, we need to be. But the problem is, is not all minds can handle cynicism. A lot of us are sheep and we need everything to feel okay. Um, and if, if our beliefs are ever 
um, challenged, it brews insecurity and more fear. Like me, if someone says, no, John, you're fucking wrong. You know, I did some research and you're absolutely wrong. I would stop and I would not get offended. I'd be like, what do you mean? Show me. I want to see it. And then I'd see it and I'd go, holy shit, man. I, okay, maybe I was wrong. I like this. Thank you. And I'm very appreciative when someone corrects me. But that's not the average person, dude. Most people are highly defensive. The moment you criticize or oppose them in any way, it's a direct threat to them when it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be conversational, right? We're building and growing together and I'm not always right, you know? So um, yeah, we live in a fascinating time, dude. Um, I feel like I, my brain is going just on a, a, a waterfall, like a flow of all these ideas that have been pent up about it. Um, but do you have something to add or can we go to the job replacement? Yeah, let, like, let me read, let me read another quote from Elon Musk because he's a great. AI doesn't have to destroy humanity. If AI has a goal and humanity just happens to be in the way, it will destroy humanity as a matter of course, without even <laughs> thinking about it, no hard feelings. <laughs> Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome but yeah man to run off the back of what you're saying i think the general idea of that all these you know i i did the same thing i'm on chat gbt now and i uh, asked who was joe biden and who was donald trump and the tone definitely changes it's subtle but it does change and that's that is there because there is an inherent bias that biden is a better president than trump that's what it's saying within the tone oh is He's flawless, right? He's flawless. He's shiny. He's a bright, shiny object. So, so I think that's no a great example. Yeah, I think it's a great example that you mentioned because it's politics and all all presidents have polarizing policies, not yeah. just not just Trump. So to say that Trump, Trump is kind of, I think he's been, I think chat GTP is trying to say that he's been, he has a reputation of, but I think the problem is, is that like you mentioned, is that there is inherent bias with these tools. And I, I've, I agree, man, in the sense that the problem is, is that when these companies are just, they are, they exist to perpetuate their own economic financial gain, then ethical, the ethical compass is, is immediately discarded. So then it just is, okay, what do we need to do to create more algorithm algorithms so people keep using our product so we can keep making money? And then there is no concern for anything, any kind of corruption, any kind of bias, any kind of consequence that uh, is is naturally occurring, occurring because people are people, right? And the 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 coup and the Myanmar example is a very good one because you know social media basically was was able to uh, orchestrate, wasn't it? Basically, a, a a genocide of people, right? Mass killings, a massacre—that's not good. You know, it's pretty simple that it's they not good if it's being used for that to incite violence. Sorry. And they weren't deplatformed. They weren't right. ever. And 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 Donald Trump wasn't responsible for killing anybody except for like Soleimani, um, that one dude that happened to kill a lot of soldiers. Uh, he was a mastermind behind that. And then Trump just went in there and whacked the dude. He didn't even have to kill a lot of people. He just whacked the dude. But aside from that, that's just one human being that, well, from an American standpoint, probably deserved it, had it coming. He was a killer. So yeah, get rid of him. It's the death sentence. But Burma, Myanmar, dude, this is a different story. We're talking about 
thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people being killed. And the, 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 um, the army, right. That opposed Islam and, and all that, uh, used Facebook to post things about how evil the Muslims were and how they blah, 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 blah. And it just, they dominated. They could even pay to have their, that, that message show up on the feed more, more often. And they did because <laughs> they know this and nobody shut them down. Nobody. That's insanity. It's absolutely, it's just so unfair, dude. Um, and yeah, yeah it's, it's started... I, I think another way, like, well, another, another word is, is unethical, right? Cause there's no, there's no ethics. It's just whatever, whatever immoral. suits out. Yeah. Immoral, unethical, whatever just suits our purpose. And that's mm -hmm. the problem with these companies. And I think that's the, that's going to be the real challenges that young people face because I, I, you know, I think, I think you explained skepticism really well. It's, it might, maybe it's a manifestation of fear, but I think more importantly, it's, it's an ability for your brain to critically think and not accept the narrative of what's being told to you and for you to think critically and saying, well, how do we validate this and how much of it's true and why is it true or why is it not true? And skepticism is super healthy. I think if you're a skeptic, it's kind of like you need to be a skeptic in today's world to, to manage uh, your mental health if you want to use social media, because otherwise you'll just be constantly manipulated, pushed and pulled by the mainstream narratives that just, it just the, suiting the agenda of buying a product or consuming a product. Like that's a real issue. You know, like why does, why do these companies exist? Just so people can be on them um, to have ads pushed in their face to just constantly consume. That's really negative, man. I, that's what I think is, is kind of wrong with uh, society. Are you there? I think I've lost you. I'm here, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy world we're living in Burry and, and um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities and it could be used in so many positive ways, but I feel like it's our human nature that's going to cause us to, to maybe, maybe this perpetuates more of the, the, the stupidity that we have a tendency of, of perpetuating, right. Or, or allowing that to manifest and to dominate. I don't, I don't want to see that dominate. I want to see humanity progress. I want to see us living longer. I want to see us having cures. I want to see us incorporating robotics. Like they can use AI now to program machines. Those machines, yes, they're going to take lots of jobs. Yes, they are. And I'm sorry about that. But, you know, there'll be lots of jobs that are taken. That is another big fear people have about AI is that ChatGPT is going to steal your job. And in the future, like, let me say this. I agree with that. I think it will take a lot of jobs, but I think we'll just have to change with that. Just like the motor car took jobs, just like the, the industrial revolution took jobs, just like um, the, the mechanism, mechanization and, and of, of factories. And as, as society has developed, I feel like that's going to, there, there is this pattern that we, we experience as humans, but, but I think what will come out of it is that we'll have, We'll have so many benefits. I think we'll have a different type of society. Right? And I think, for example, I think like as a teacher, am I worried that I'm going to lose my job? At the moment, no. But I think it's really possible. It's, it probably won't happen in my lifetime, but it'll probably happen in the next 30 to 50 years. So maybe my lifetime, but maybe not my teaching career. Um, but where rich kids will be able to get into a booth and it'll be just like a bubble and they'll be connected to a network or connected to AI. They'll be able to plug into virtual reality. 
and it would be just like, all right, where are we going today? Okay, it's a history lesson about Rome. You're gonna you're gonna fight and learn how to be a gladiator. You're gonna fight and learn how to be a you know a Greek Spartan, whatever. And and you're gonna learn how to control this army. And you're gonna have this full interactive, fully immersive, um, you know, experience with AI, interacting with AI. You're gonna be networked. I think that's not that far away from happening. Like 30 years is really a blink of the eye, you know, considering just how long our species have been here, right? And I, I think that's going to happen. I think kids are going to have the option to literally get in a booth. Uh, and I've had chats about my, you know, I've, I've spoken to my students about it and said, would you be, would you want to do it? And they're like, oh, no, I wouldn't want to do it. I want to come to school and interact with my friends. And I'm like, yeah, bullshit. You know, you get your own booth, you know, it's screens and virtual reality. And, you know, you're doing, you're fighting, you're, you're fighting as a Greek Spartan, you know, in virtual, real-time virtual reality with your friends. That's going to, kick ass over any type of classroom any experience that a teacher can do for you. I think that's common, but I, I think, think it's it more entertaining. I wouldn't say it'd be better. Um, one of the biggest issues with just cell phone usage uh, is that people are losing their ability to read body language. They're, 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 they're losing a skill that is vital to the survival of humanity for relationships down to the very basic one-on-one -on -one relationship you have to be able to read people's emotions and AI cannot do that. Now, facial recognition, okay, yes, I think it will be able to do it, but I don't know, man, humans, we have empathy, AI does not. I mean, you can program it in there, right? We have sympathy, we have compassion and AI does not. It can be programmed, I guess, but that's not the ultimate goal of the people that are currently developing AI, right? Um, and to lose that human connection, to lose that ability because you're talking to a robot uh, instead of people uh, is really destructive. I mean, we are social animals. Look at your fingernails and your teeth and the world around you. We are weak. We are absolutely weak animals, very incapable unless we're together. Now, when we are together, we're unstoppable. We are number one on the planet. You take that socialization away, that that person-to-person, real-life uh, experience away, you don't know emotions. You don't have emotions. Everything's been tailored to your specific personality. So then you become intolerant of those things that are not tailored to your personality. And that's my greatest fear. Is like I had discussions with my students about AI because we have a, we, well, we read iRobot. Uh, which is very fascinating and actually plays right into what we're talking about um, right now. Um, but, you know, there was one activity I did where it was basically uh, prompts and the students had to make a choice uh, whether they supported it or agreed or disagreed. And one of them um, was uh, that AI, the best part of AI is having so a companion it was companionship to have someone when you're alone when everybody leaves you you still have your ai and a lot of students man it's surprising that these young minds the ideas they can come up with but i would say that over half of my students said no that wouldn't work because and they went into it talking about um <clears throat> sorry i mean some students were like yeah ai would never cheat on you <laughs> right it's always there it will never abandon you uh but others were like uh yeah but uh that doesn't make any sense because you don't get the the touch you know 
you know, a baby, if you hold a baby, the skin to skin contact, right? Uh, human skin to skin contact is so healthy, bro. That's why we get massages. That's why we cuddle, right? Even friends, we hug. If I saw you right now, I'd give you a big hug and tug on that beard, kiss your bald head. And, and you would love all of that because we are wired for that, that uh, intimacy. physical intimacy. Absolutely. And AI will remove that, but it will become so convenient to the point where people just become dependent on it. They're like, yeah, why would I want uh, John to criticize me? Why would I want Stephen to question my statement? I don't need that. And then we just become isolated with this programmed software that tells us what we want to hear. Um, and I think, feel like that's a really destructive thing. Um, but anyways, we're in it. We're in it. And I think that we need to be cynical, but I do think we should be positive too. try to find the best side of it um, as much as we can. You know, I don't want to just be all negative all the time. You look like yeah, you got something but yeah, well, what, what were you saying about the um, I just lost my thought. You were talking, you were talking about ah, the, the, the lack of intimacy, yeah. You, like a lot of people talk about the psychologists talk about that now, where we have it's not the social media, you know, how we develop relationships, how we interact with each other, um, how social media has, has taken away, um, that has taken away the necessity to to walk up to a woman and, 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 and start a conversation. And when you can just flick yes on Tinder, you know, what is that doing to us as, as people? And yeah, I think if we lose these really essential elements of who we are, you know, when a baby's born, uh, that I know that I've heard this in the United States that when a baby's born and, uh, it, literally it comes out, there, and I, I'm not sure why. I think if 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 the mother can't do it or there's some kind of complication, the nurse gives the baby skin to skin contact. They they charge for that, right? They charge for that, but I, but it's a, it's like an essential part of the baby being born. First contact, skin to skin, because if you have a baby and if you don't um, you don't love it and nurture it, you don't pick it up, it will die, right? We know that, right? And they've done experiments on that. So these really innate important instinctive uh, drives desires things that uh, inspire us things that um, we thrive on as a species if they're taken away we definitely yeah we definitely lose a big part of ourselves and i think um it'll be like an episodes from black mirror you know we're just <laughs> kind of interacting through a computer screen we're blocking people you know people are blocking us um they're just becoming like pixelated blurbs uh, you know, recording what's, you know, it, it could be wild. It could go like down that way, you know, like who knows? It could go down that way where we have chips inserted in our heads. Everything's recorded. We can go back and replay it and, and uh, communicate, uh, tell it like almost through a network of brains and that can be used against you. It's, it could be as wild as that, man. And let me read another yeah. quote from Elon Musk. Let me just read this people, one. He says, I think people dwell on the past already enough to, to be able to record and rewind. That's scary, dude. That's it not. is, it is scary. And it, it, you know, it could be a, a huge positive, but it can be, um, there are so many things that can go wrong with that. Uh, quote, that quote. Yeah. Elon Musk, we're summoning the demon. 
<laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it yeah i was just like i wonder what else he has to say that's really ominous and not only you're just just foreshadowing our uh intimate doom sorry yeah it's it's he's got yeah i use let, let me ask you this like i use chat gbt a lot and i use it every day when i'm like researching or if i'm reading a new book i'll you know i'll read and i'll i'll um I'll read academic articles. I'll read like lit charts. I'll read, um, I'll analyze it myself and I'll take my own notes and I'll use ChatGPT and I'll say, what's happening here? Or explain this. Or is there any pat and is there any patterns between the number three and Gilgamesh and, and see what I get. And usually it's as far as like getting like concise information to add to my teaching, it's fantastic, right? It's fantastic because I'm using it to add to the tools that I've already got. And I want to be, if I want to be super specific about something, I can hone in and say, what's that exact word mean in that context? What's the historical context of this sentence? You can do that, right? Or I'll analyze. I remember analyzing um, Romeo and Juliet. It's, you know, the, the sonnet where the Romeo and Juliet meet for the first time. They talk in a sonnet. They respond in iambic pentameter. It's beautiful. There's all this religious imagery. Uh, it's super powerful. And then getting ChatGPT to, to do an analysis of that, seeing what I've missed Fantastic, because there's so much there's so much data on the internet about that particular text. But you know, if you get it to if you get it to give you five comprehension questions of Act One, Scene One, it usually gets it wrong because it, it can't differentiate between the the acts, right? So I use it a lot, man, to help me with teaching. Um, do you use ChatGPT for your teaching, or are you using it to to enhance any part of your life at this point? No, I'm not. Um, I. <laughs> well, let me take that back. I have created, I created one worksheet uh, using 10 vocabulary words, fill in the blank. And I just tried it out. I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And <clears throat> unfortunately, um, some of the definitions were slightly off, right? Or some of the, the sentences, putting the that one particular vocabulary word wasn't accurate. Um, it, it was vague and confusing. Um, but I was shocked, right? Like, here's the thing about it. I mean, you just, you just, I mean, this is the dopamine, right? So this is, we see how it can help us and we get excited, man. The moment you're like using it to analyze these texts, uh, it, it does bring, give you new ideas. Remember drugs and anything that is destructive has to have a benefit or else no one would ever, ever, ever touch it. It's like fire, you're not going to jump in the fire. There's no benefit to that. So there has to be like, oh yeah, the fire will make you live forever. Right. And you have to believe that. And as you jump into the fire, the dopamine squirts and then you're, you know, toast. But the point is, is like, I agree with you. Uh, that lesson plan that my friend formed and he used for his interview um, as his lesson plan. Uh, he even, yeah. And he even, so he had the lesson plan, right? And it was amazing. It was freaking crazy. I, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my God. And then I realized that all it's doing is taking other people's work from the internet and synthesizing it. Uh, so really, ChatGPT is stealing all of your intellectual property, Stephen. Like anytime you ask it a question, it's knowing more about Stephen. Now it doesn't call you Stephen. You're just user 00167354212B, whatever right? That's all you are. And by using it, 
we are making it better because really AI is not intelligent at all. It's just using our intelligence, our canon of knowledge, and it's stolen it all from us with social media, right? That's all owned. And it's this huge network that uh, only certain people have access to, certain companies um, have access to, but it's all of our intellect, in intellect is being poured into this machine, these, these machines, computers and cell phones. And it's all being, now it's, look, you got like Microsoft. How the hell does Microsoft uh, own all this information? They don't. It's like, let's go to a smaller scale, YouTube, right? YouTube was supposed to be free and it was people helping other people. Then it got bought by, you know, Google and then it became a money-making machine. And now all of those videos that were given to the free library for humanity and democracy have been capitalized. They've been, you know, it's been used to generate money. And now it's owned by a small, tiny, tiny, tiny 0.000% of people control it. And that's unfair, dude. You know, it's, it's really unfair. Um, <laughs> it was intended to be hyper-democratic and um, humane uh, and an act of, you know, uh, philanthropy, but it got hijacked. Money, every person can be bought, you know what I mean? And someone sold it, they made some good money and they were hoping that it stayed the same, but of course not. Someone's not going to buy your product unless they're going to put a tweak on it. And now we have that. So that can go with everything. But I was just saying like all that knowledge, AI is not intelligent. It is a thief. It is a, a wonderful, ingenious thief of the, the, the treasures of the human mind that we ourselves have turned over to the beast. We've <laughs> summoned the beast. Uh, I love that. I like that guy a lot, Elon Musk, man. Anyways. <laughs> he's a funny, yeah, man, he's it, a funny quirky dude. It, it is mind blowing, man. I do love it. I find it as a new way to search the internet, right? It's like a, a higher form. And if it never changes, even with a little bit of this biased I, bias, I don't care. I can see through that shit. Most people, a lot of people can't, but a lot of us can. Um, and so I can see through it, but I think it's absolutely powerful. But the problem is, is evolution. And I know that it's only going to evolve, right? We already have the owner of it being hyper left wing, like, you know, uh, individual that does not have an open mind that does not think of the greatness of all, you know, like, uh, all potential of all human beings. No, he's chosen a side and he thinks that these people are superior to the other half of the world. And that alone is scary. That means it will be continued to be developed. Um, and I think even like eventually they will start censoring. I mean, it's already censored. The information on the internet is already censored. So it's taking from this pool, right? This pool of internet, uh, this internet library, but it's already been censored big time. Like even Google, if you start looking up certain things, commerce always comes first. So money-making websites will always come first. I told you that story about, I was uh, reading one of Lincoln's speeches. I fell upon one of Lincoln's speeches. And this was back when I was working on this, and as an accountant. And so I was like, oh, Lincoln was so fascinating, right? Da, 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 da. I love this quote. And so I just typed his name into the search engine, Abraham Lincoln. 
And it was during the time where that movie, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, <laughs> came out. Uh, I had to click, you, I had to scroll through the whole first page. And I've done this with friends in the office just recently on different topics. Uh, I'm not going to get into that right now because this one's hilarious. But it was a whole page of crit critics talking about this movie, the the where you can buy the movie. This I had to go down to the bottom and actually click to the next page before I got the 16th president of the United States who uh, wrote, supported or implemented the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, this dude is so important in history, especially in American history, um, but really in world history. Um, who takes the time to scroll down to the bottom? M most young people don't have that type, that kind of patience to scroll all the way down, read all those titles and go, this is all bullshit. Click. Oh, that's the information. Dude, I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of youth can do that. Um, I mean, a lot can, but the masses I feel like cannot. Uh, so that's a concern, man. You know, it's all, I mean, how long until chat GPT is the same way, right? What about your boy that did got the, the lesson plan from chat GPT? You know, do, do you feel like he, he could- got the job? <laughs> he got the job. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Right. But do you feel like, you know, do you feel like he would become dependent on ChatGPT to write awesome lesson plans? You know, because, yeah, it can do worksheets, but you can, you know, yeah, I'm sure you know this, but you can get ChatGPT to say, okay, I want to create a grade nine lesson using these four steps, using this text. I have one student with an intellectual disability. Um, how, you know, break down a, a five step activity, five step lesson, um, adding in and just be as specific as you want. And it can do that. Do you feel like that like professionals will be using like professionals won't develop certain skills because they'll be dependent on this program to basically do their job for them? Is that a real risk? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, like I said, it's so powerful and it's so amazing what you can do with it. Like you just said, you can keep giving it commands and it keeps tailoring it to your specific need. And I think it is fucking brilliant. I, I know yeah. it's wonderful. But the problem is, is it's taking from a pre-existing pool of information. There's no innovation. It's us, the people without ChatGPT that struggle and scratch their head and spend hours thinking about how to serve the need of that one special needs student, how to keep the other higher performing students uh, engaged and activated while, you know, uh, so, that, so you don't lose them, but managing the middle performers, the lower performers, and then the special need performers. This type of reflection breeds innovation. It is the fruit of the human mind is to toil uh, in, 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 in the, the fields of the mind, to toil, and, and it's painful, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but then we have illuminations. I think those illuminations, those innovations, creations will disappear. Yeah, that's a great point, and I like what you said, too, about, you know, it's just kind of stealing what we've already put out in the, in the, in the vortex, in the web in this um, nebulous internet that we have, you know, it's a repository of ideas and data from God knows how long. I I um like typed in ChatGPT. How long has AI been in development for? It so it started in the 1950s. Like like you said, this is not a new thing. And uh, 
you know, it's it's what's it doing? It's 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 like synthesizing what we have already created, right? So you're right. It and yes, it is learning. It's reflecting. It's learning. It, but it's is it able to really formulate new ideas on things that it hasn't got? It, it can't do that. If you ask it to give you an analysis of a text, it doesn't know. But then again, if you you if you give it the text and you say to do it, it might be able to do that. I think it's that good. But I what what you're saying is, I think your your claim is that it's it's stealing who we are. You know, it's it's using that as its as its basis, right? As its yeah. fortitude, and it's really it's really us. And um, you know, that is a, a bit of a shame. I think a lot of people are going to become very dependent on on AI in the next you know in the next years like we've i think ChatGPT was released like four months ago we realized it's only been four months and it's already massively changed uh and, and impacted i think a multitude of economies uh and 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 workplaces different types of professions and it's going to keep changing but yeah i think we do need to, to be skeptical because what else is kind of being lost but it's it is the nature of it is the nature of new technologies that um some things will be gained and some things will be lost but it's um yeah it's 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 a really interesting time yeah it is and earlier on you mentioned uh like jobs so if we get away from the hyper scary destruction of civilization just move away from that um and you know and focus on like immediate problems like the job replacements right so <laughs> information technology they've been using that for a long time uh even banks right i I didn't realize that I've been using AI for a really long time until I've been like following Elon Musk, following all this new news, right? And hearing about ChatGPT going, oh my God. Uh, and then I realized, wait a minute, I've been using a lot. Well, we always had chat bots, right? Like ask your question, speak to a chat bot, speak to Susie. And it's always a little, you know, yeah. a little avatar with a type box and you type it and it will respond to you something really generic, which I hate. Um, and, uh, then you'll ask another question and it'll be like, oh, and it gets confused, right? And then I just fucking throw the shit over my shoulder and I call them and keep pressing zero. I'm like, I want to talk to a human being, uh, you know, but we've been using it for a long time. Yeah, it's been around for 50 years, man. I mean, Isaac Asimov was talking about it when he wrote iRobot. This is 50 years ago, you know, um, but jobs that will be replaced, right? Information technology. They say that finance and banking, right? 56% already of banks and financing companies already incorporate it into their business models okay and what does that do it just makes it cheaper so they can have uh, more workers um that will uh do more i guess specific jobs and you can replace a lot of the lower waged workers but media and marketing well we already know the media is dominated by ai we see it with facebook and twitter uh again elon musk has cleaned that up quite a bit but he he really had a big hole to fill so he's still working on that but that's all ai generated you know like um uh man it just goes on marketing right marketing um legal services manufacturing factory workers you right yeah um, i wrote yeah. this in that text um and then it goes on and says sooner or later then we've got teachers and graphic designers and accountants and customer service agents and legal services including paralegals and legal services oh my god it's like dude isn't that every job there is <laughs> yeah the only job i don't see is chef like a cook right 
uh, or a programmer. You don't see that. Maybe it's time to switch our careers. Um, but yeah. these are uh, just, you know, I, I got this information from like Forbes and Business Insider. Um, and I don't know how accurate it is. Um, but you see it is the majority of all of our jobs. And I, I just don't know what we expect people to do after that. You know, like. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, they're going to they're gonna have to adapt because this this article that you sent me as well, the Forbes.com article that talks about which jobs will be will, will AI replace these four industries will be heavily impacted I read like mm -hmm. a whole heap of these type of articles finance and banking I think that's going to be a real one right it says uh, banks have already begun incorporating AI into their business models 56 percent of banks claim they've implemented the technology into their business domains like management and 50 52 percent claim they've used it for revenue generation according to Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance in the World Academic Forum. That's insane because the people, are, they're going to use it as a way of being more productive and as a way of making money. You know, media marketing, as you mentioned, that's another one, right? The the stats on these are just crazy, right? It said, yeah. you know, in the, in the marketing world, 84% of marketers reported using AI in 2020, a stark jump. I don't know why it's a stark jump from 29% in... 2019 i guess the disposition of this article is like ai is kind of like ominous and looming legal services like all writing letters and and all all like writing contracts did you hear that uh chat gpt passed the bar exam you know which isn't that surprising anyway because it's it's mostly memory uh well that, i mean it's it's got a lot of the information from all the people that already passed the bar exam exactly <laughs> I mean, and it's got the textbooks it's got the textbooks for the bar exam. So yep. it has all the, it's actually cheating because it has, yeah, it's it has not being forced to think on its own. You know, that's not, the, that's not the scariest that, you know, that's just legal, but also they passed the medical exam, right. For doctorates, for, for surgeons. Um, so, I mean, that's scary, bro. Like people can literally cheat and become these very important people like a surgeon and they can cheat and have this generated for them and pass these exams, right? Or these writing uh, theses uh, and become doctors when they actually didn't go through the, they didn't build their foundation. And that's my biggest worry is this is undercutting our foundations, the, the fundamentals of humanity and civilization and our wisdom and intelligence. The fundamentals are being wiped out, right? We're building, we're trying to rebuild the world on a sand dune, right? Versus the rock that we were once built upon. Uh, we're, it's a sand dune and the sands will shift and it's, there's just no stability in the long run. But yeah, man, they can do, it can do everything because it's got all the information there already. And that's going to be crazy as well. We didn't talk about, we did not talk about this, but um, the autonomous Android, the autonomous driving car, you know, when that gets implemented properly, because at the moment there's there's not a lot of trust with autonomous vehicles, when that gets implemented and it's proven to be rock solid, when autonomous driving comes out and it's everywhere, that's going to drastically change the world and for for better or worse. But yeah, I've read I've read articles that like um, you know jobs will be most affected. It was like English teachers, uh, history teachers. Uh, math teachers, physics teachers, it was just like all teachers. 
And I've read others that are like a whole spectrum. This one's a bit more balanced. I think it has pretty good explanations why uh, those, those jobs will become redundant. But if it can generate, like, man, we're in that if this is, okay, this is one of the first public versions of the program, you know, but if, if we're already, if we're here as a baseline, you know, saying it's been released to the public four months ago, whatever, then imagine what's going to be the baseline in, in, in 10 years and what it can do in 10 years. And people, I'm sure law, law firms will be paying so that it can, it can write all their, basically all their contracts, all their paralegal stuff and just be super efficient. Right. So it's, it's going to make money in all sorts of ways by enhancing businesses. Um, what about people writing books? You know, you can get it to basically write a book. I got it to write a, a Shakespearean sonnet um, with an ominous tone about death. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it did it. Iambic pentameter sonnet structure you know, had the, the tone and mood and the theme of death. It was, you know, it was, it's amazing how quickly, I think that's the thing that's impressive, how quickly it can produce something. Like for me to, you know, for someone to write a sonnet, you've got to be proficient in that type of poetry. So yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. But yeah, man, it's it's a lot of people are really perturbed by it. But you know, you you do say that I'm hopeful and optimistic and maybe uh maybe even naive to the nature of our human existence and human nature, but um it, whatever whatever way it goes, if whether it's going to be harnessed for for good or bad, in some countries I really feel like we'll be using it, doing whatever they want with it. It's you know, it's um. Imagine if you use this shit to say, okay, let's let's really figure out how to clone people, right? Let's let's get let's get it right. Let's figure out how to clone people and then mass produce, or let's let's figure out how to genet genetically uh, enhance people's DNA and cognitive development and abilities and 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 use it. To, to really crack down on, on on CRISPR technology and splicing and make it and make that a, a reliable technology that's safe we can incorporate in the in the human and with you know within the within our human species right I think that's going to happen and I, I definitely think that um, people are going to be using it to try to figure out how to expand you know the science on on living longer right expanding our lifetimes. Because if, once you're rich, I don't think anything else matters besides living longer. So yeah, I think it's it's it can go in lots of different ways, but I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful in the next, and I think we'll see it in our lifetime, in the next kind of fifty years, the, the world that we know. Like if you walk down New York City like today, and then walk down there in fifty years time, what's it going to be like? You're in Times Square in New York City. Like we're gonna have robots running around, you know, dancing dancing and and um basically being vending machines and and police cops robo cops it's gonna be wild man i think it's gonna be it wild, wild man. yeah and you know i love that the dog story and if you had a police cop or a police fireman you wouldn't risk someone dying right um the machine and we wouldn't have to worry about the machine because it's just metal and glass or whatever um, and I think stuff like that is great. Uh, it's, it could help us in many, many ways, um, especially like saving lives to an extent, right? Um, but yeah, again, we are putting God powers, God-like powers into the hand of a very minute uh, class of people. And I guarantee you, there's not one of those people love you, Stephen. Not one of them 
our families. Not one of them cares about our descendants. I, I guarantee you that. They don't even know we exist, and to them it doesn't matter. So if you want to put godlike power into the hands of one political perspective, one cultural perspective, well then, hey, that that's well that's what we're doing already so we're allowing it to happen um because the dopamine it just feels too good it feels too good we got too many excuses you see we're just like we've been talking about all the dark side of it but we find ways to muster up the positive right <laughs> even though it's going to destroy humanity and we've risen satan from the dead we can save a life hey man, we it can was worth write it. an essay it was worth it you can write an essay. It was all worth it. Sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, you're right about the dopamine. It does. It, it, it can't. You can't sell a product without it doing something for you. And it definitely is. There is definitely the pleasure receptors that, you know, that chat GBT is able to do. It's just the instantness about it. It's the. I believe it, that they're getting more out of you than you are getting out of them. Your it is getting more out of you than you yeah. are getting out of it. That could be true. Um, it could be true. In the long run, you know, it's the way it feels. But anyways, man, interesting. It is a fascinating time. I do think there's benefits to it. I will use it here and there for various reasons. Um, uh, but do I have a healthy, uh, dark skepticism about it? Yes, I do. I think I'm on par. I'm, I'm there, right there with Musk. Yeah, no, that makes, I, I, I feel you. And uh, I think skepticism in the modern day is probably a good thing. But yeah, man, let's wrap this up, bro. It was a really great conversation. Thanks for, for being here with me. And it was I, I think it was good to talk about both sides of it, the good and the bad, giving it a voice. And yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I guess let's see what- We'll see. Yeah, what what a, the brave new world looks like in the, in the near future to come. Sounds good, man. All right, bro. Until next time, nanu, nanu. <laughs> take, take care. All right, buddy. See ya. Bye-bye.